If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. And welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as ever, delighted to be back with you again. So I hope you are not hearing heavy machinery in the background because we have a lot of work being done on landscaping at the moment. As I've mentioned before, we've we've built this house. We have a two-bedroom apartment on the lower floor. However, at the moment, the only way to get to the lower floor... Uh, unless you want to climb uh, clamber down a very steep slope, is to go through the main part of the house. And we want to be entirely separate from our rental apartment. So we are having um, steps built. And of course, they, you know, they can't be just a normal set of steps. It's got to be granite and um, laid out in an S shape and all that fancy stuff. That's my husband talking, not me. I'd have just gone for a straight set of wooden steps, but no, we've got to make this really amazing, which it's going to be, considering the amount of heavy equipment that's outside and the piles of rocks and granite that's lining my driveway, my nice new driveway that was beautifully graveled, which is now a sea of mud. They tell me, they keep keep promising me that it's going to be absolutely gorgeous when it's finished. And, uh, and I will post pictures. I think I'll post a picture of what it looks like now which is a complete mess at the moment. That's what it looks like, except there are a few steps in and they look pretty good. That that was just in case you hear anything rumbling in the background because that's the heavy equipment going up and down the driveway. So what we're talking about today is the changing nature of the vacation rental landscape. For, for those of us who have been in the business for 20 plus years, we've seen such massive change from our traditional vacation rental market, which, you know, for those of you down in the Outer Banks or in Florida has been going on for years and years and years, decades, and very traditional destination-based vacation rentals. And and certainly while I was in England, it was, you know, it was a business that has been going on certainly for as long as I can remember, because I can remember going to these types of places when I was a kid. And we'd head off down to Cornwall and rent a little cottage that we'd seen uh, a tiny little picture of in a classified ad in a newspaper. So so for those of us who've been around a long time, we've we've gone from those classified ads through the the, the changing nature of marketing and advertising to, to where we are now, which is just so vastly different. And we're seeing, we're still seeing changes all the time. You know, we're, We've seen the advent of HomeAway or VRBO and HomeAway and then Airbnb, Priceline, Expedia, Booking.com. So on the subject of Booking.com, I thought it would be great to bring somebody along who knows the industry on a global level and has been involved with with travel for a number of years. So I'm delighted to have with me today Ian Ackland from Booking.com. Ian has been in the industry for a lot of years, uh, in the travel industry, 
and has been involved in uh, in hotels before going into the vacation rental aspect of accommodation uh, with Booking.com. I'm going to be talking to Ian about how the vacation rental landscape has changed so much in the past few years and what we can expect for the future. And also, how do we cope with these changes and what, how, how do we adapt and adjust our practices to meet the challenges that these changes bring? So let's go on over to my interview with Ian Ackland of Booking.com. So I am more than delighted to have with me today Ian Ackland from Booking.com, and he's currently calling in from Amsterdam. So welcome, Ian. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Well, I was in uh, in Amsterdam for the VRMA Europe conference a couple of years ago, and it was absolutely beautiful. And I, I remember talking to Thibaut Masson, friend of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you know Thibaut, of course. Um, I do. And and just saying how lucky you are to to be to be living in in this wonderful city. So how long are you yeah. spending there? You're not based there, are you? No, that's right. I, I'm actually based in New York. Uh, I have been in Amsterdam for the last two weeks, attending multiple conferences and internal meetings and summits. And uh, yeah, I I actually do count myself lucky for the last two weeks because it's been sunny. Uh, I I haven't had any rain. Uh, I haven't had to bike in the rain, which is always my pet hate when I'm in Amsterdam. And it's beautiful uh, when the sun shines here, the canals and everything is beautiful. But I, uh, tomorrow I get to go home to New York uh, and having had three weeks on the road, I'm, 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 I'm ready to, to get back. I bet. So your title is Regional Manager, Connectivity and Vacation Rentals. What, what, what does that actually mean? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I actually head up our Homes and Apartments division for North America. That looks at the way we build partnerships, uh, our profession, professional or property management companies. You know, we, we have uh, 22 offices across the United States. Uh, we look to look at how we pr- provide local relevance and local support to uh, property owners, property management companies. That's part of my structure. We have a, a, a large team in Orlando and then multiple teams across our other offices uh, who are on a daily basis uh, contacting, advising, helping property managers to optimize their listing on, on Booking.com. And I head up that team from, from New York. I also look after the, the system connectivity piece of our business for uh, all accommodations across the Americas. Uh, and so that's basically talking about channel management connections, property management system connections, and making sure that we're providing you know, seamless connections with, with partners for, uh, for instant updates of, of inventory rates and availability, that kind of thing. But, but ultimately, on, uh, on the homes and apartment side of, of our business, we look at the providing support to property managers, individual listers, to be able to help them optimize and, and, and make the most of of their activity on the booking.com platform. You know, what, what's interesting to me is that I, I, I remember when um, booking sort of first came, came out, I guess, <laughs> you know, it, came, it came into, in, into our um, visibility that it was always seen as, well, isn't it, isn't it just for hotels? And then vacation rentals started to be list, listed. Personally, I have booked properties, particularly in Europe via mm-hmm. booking.com, found it very easy to do. 
and it was it was during that time when I, you know, we got to talking, and I, I was hearing this a lot across the industry of how this line between hotels, hotel accommodation, and vacation rental accommodation was becoming a little more blurred. This expression, blended accommodation, the blended accommodation landscape began to become more common. Um, mm-hmm. We're hearing people talking about the blended landscape of accommodation. So let, let, let's start with what actually does that mean? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. And I think, um, you know, in terms of, uh, firstly, of, of Booking.com's growth in the alternative accommodation category, I, I find that interesting because you're right, people were thinking we would do hotels. But actually, for many, many years now, we've done alternative accommodation uh, and uh, really focused on the homes and apartments division for you know the last three or four years. So uh, that that growth is is interesting to us, and I think part of that is coming into the blended space. The blended space for me is really about consumer preference. So it's about making sure that hosts, managers, independent owners, hotels, even are are thinking about how to get their products to market in the right place at the right time. So. And that's really driven by traveler preferences. So as far as we see, traveler preferences are now steering a real need to a, a wide variety of, of options and experiences. And that's really down to you know, the traveler who might be going to New York or Chicago, staying in a hotel uh, on a business trip, uh, also will be looking for their vacation home near a beach for, for their summer holiday. And being able to showcase a wide range of accommodation options is, is, is really important to be able to offer that kind of variety and, and, and choice uh, so that people can see that the options available to them are, right now I need a hotel, but tomorrow I might need something completely different, or in six months' time I might need something different. And, and blending that together is, is, is extremely important for, for the consumer choice side of things. I think there's a couple of things there from from the way we see this and there's uh, a piece around an emergence of uh, of what's called leisure travel so that's kind of a mixture of of business and leisure travel really people who are staying or looking to stay somewhere for a few nights midweek for their business trip but they also then want to extend over a weekend and those people are are, are tending to be open to a both accommodations in terms of hotels or or apartments or vacation rental houses, depending on, on what they're looking for. The other thing I look at on here is that overall, there's talk in, in the industry right now about the digital nomad. Again, it's kind of terminology, but I, I find that piece quite interesting. Personally, I travel for about nine weeks out of every 12, out of every quarter. And because I travel that much, I need to be able to make sure that I can get whatever I need to get kind of on the go. And, and, and then wherever I'm going, I need to be able to know that there's decent Wi-Fi, there's decent ability to connect. I, I don't work in that traditional office environment. And, and in many cases, neither do individual owners or managers or, or, or property managers. There, lots of us are traveling around. Lots of us are working from very remote destinations. So blending the ability to fulfill and make a booking and blending the accommodation that gets offered to you when you do make that booking uh, is, is kind of the ultimate selection of being able to, to provide the, the consumer choice. 
before we we started recording here, we were talking about you know th- things we wish we hadn't said in the past. You know, when <laughs> yes. I, I I said I, I remember in a very early um, podcast about Airbnb saying, oh oh, this is just a fad; it's not going to last. And you mentioned uh, something similar that that was sort of based at a time when um, people packaged everything together. Absolutely. So many many years ago, too many that I'd like to remember, but. Uh, uh, close enough to, to, to 20 years ago, I, I worked for a tour operator in the UK who specialised in, in scheduled flights and, and, and hotels on the ground and putting those two together and adding a number of excursions and, and, and attractions to those and building up a, a kind of short break style, still scheduled, still packaged uh, short breaks. And then there was an emergence of accommodation only and that at the time was was you know one of those areas where I said, well, people don't want people won't want accommodation only. People will want to be able to do everything. So that was a mistake. Accommodation <laughs> only became a, became a huge trend in our industry, and and is now where we are today. So yeah, it's uh, it's really hard to kind of identify those trends. But I think what the one thing that we we have noticed again is is bringing everything together, trying to be able to show a vast range of accommodation options and being able to then showcase them in a, in, in a way that people can access them easily is really what's come as part of that blended landscape. If I was, you know, a manager or an independent owner out there listening to this, I might be thinking, well, you know, where do I fit into all this? And, and I think for me, the good news is, as far as we see it, the good news is that there is a huge appetite from consumers all over the world to kind of explore uh, a wider variety of experiences rather than than just a hotel right so we see that vacation rental or or, um, or, or uh, non hotel accommodation bookings are, are are growing faster than traditional hotel bookings uh, so really there's a massive opportunity there for for individual owners or managers to to grab a share of of that consumer trend again what I see is interesting from that piece is that when we surveyed a number of our guests recently, the 70% of them said that they want to make themselves at home while traveling. Now, obviously, you can make yourself at home in a hotel room as well. But if you're staying in a vacation rental apartment style accommodation, you've got way more chance to truly make yourself at home. The next bit of that, though, is that 59% said that they like to feel a personal connection with the host or, or the staff of the accommodation if it's a hotel. So I think part of that, if uh, you know, as, as managers and independent owners from there, there's a huge appetite to do it. There's a growing trend to this type of accommodation, and, and, and they're growing faster than, than hotel-style accommodations. But really, I think what the opportunity for them to grab part of that is to really start thinking about how do they differentiate an, an offering because they have a huge opportunity to provide a localized experience – they have a huge opportunity to build that personal connection with the guests. And now they have another huge opportunity to really use technology and empower those kind of smaller companies, individual owners, to really deliver that experience and, and potentially even up to five-star service in, in, in the same way hotels have done over the years. So if I, if I really think about some of the things that, that, that should be focused on in order to do that, Give a little bit of consideration to 
your display, and, and when I talk about your display, I'm talking about the kind of content that you use to be able to, uh, to showcase your, your property. And then also think about providing the right ingredients to the guest. And when I talk about rich content, that's obviously important. Strong photos are important. Uh, a large uh, or a high amount of photos is important as well. People tend to, tend to look at photos before they read a description. But I think there's other stuff in there as well in terms of the ingredients. And, and part of that is uh, it does require a little bit of an, an openness to change, but to cons- potentially even consider reshaping an offering. So if you've traditionally done Saturday-Saturday rotations in your property and you've traditionally done them with uh, a 50% deposit three months in advance, it might be that coming out to a more kind of global distribution, it might be that the market demands of certain countries who are likely to book you might be looking for something completely different in terms of I need a a more flexible stay policy or I need a more flexible pay policy. Those people who who are working to optimize and offering more flexibility, fewer stay restrictions, uh, because the, that's what the market demands, those people are seeing success. It, this this is an interesting point. I mean, coming for, from a from a personal perspective, as the operator of a property management company in a in an area that has traditionally been strictly July August, shutting down on Labor Day, and everybody yep. rents Saturday to Saturday weekly rentals only. This has been going on for as long as these cottage rentals existed. But we've been we've been testing uh, a number of properties that offer weekends and short breaks, um, not usually less than two days, but yep. you know, that that I think that's um, that's fairly commonplace. That the argument about that was originally from owners. Well, I'm just going to get all the weekends booked out, and nobody's going to co- want to come midweek. And it's been mind blowing how easily those gaps get filled up. And they, they no, they're not short of you know we we don't, just don't have the gaps in these properties. Uh, that's really interesting, and I think, I mean, people still, uh, of course, the July and August times, and 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 to me, this is about again the freedom of being able to operate your business in the in the way that's right for you, but taking some of that data and insight into market intelligence to kind mm-hmm. of adapt a little bit. So it might be depending on your destination, it might be that seven night stays in July and August are the right thing to do. Um, But then if you start thinking about your shoulder seasons, it might be that you need to be more flexible there. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, the the thing that's going to tell you that is is data. And I think that, you know, when you start to work with with platforms, booking.com, Airbnb, HomeAway, whoever it is from there, but when you start working with platforms, they can give you some of that insight into this is the true demand of what's happening in your destination. And this is how, if you want to really make the most of it, this is how you could react and you could shape your product in a different way to be able to meet that demand. And, you know, as I said, we have, we have offices uh, all, all across the US, Canada, actually all across the world. And the purpose of those, of, of those offices is to have support teams in there who can sit with property managers and say, actually, this is what's happening in the market today. And this is how you could adjust that and you could optimize to be able to meet the, 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 the market demands that's there. 
what other resources are available to help owners and managers navigate all this data that out, that's out there? Yeah. So, so well, I mentioned I mentioned one thing there, and I mentioned an office with a person. Now, clearly, again, we're all busy. So individual owners are busy. They might also have a, a, a real job, right? So it might be that they just don't get the time to sit down with a, a, a person to be able to do that, and they look for a a different way to get their information and, and, and more, perhaps a more scalable way to get that information as well. I mean, obviously this podcast is here to be able to, to, to educate people, but I think what platforms are tending to do now is to be able to expose as much analytics in a, in a self-serve way as possible. Um, so uh, we have, regardless of whether you're working with us or, or, or not, we have a, a partner help portal uh, so that's partnerhelp.booking.com uh, and uh, that can be accessed at any time uh, and in there there's both forums from uh, from other partners who are kind of sharing their experience and then there's articles in there that we've written in terms of uh, being able to best advise. Um, assuming that you are already listed on booking.com then within there there is uh, a full analytics tool so you can go straight into uh, look at the analytics as, of any property to see, okay, who, which countries are looking for us? How long are they staying? How far in advance are they booking? And that kind of data is available to you in a kind of portal format if, if you can't get access to the, to the individuals in the office because you're, you're kind mm-hmm. of too busy doing something else over that time. You've talked about platforms and for, for, for many specifically, I mean, not so much property managers, because property managers have been using channel management and um, other forms of distribution for a long, long time. But we, we still see many, many independent owners who are sticking very rigidly to one platform because everything operates within that platform. So we, we talk a lot here on the podcast about expanding marketing outside of that one platform and what they have have to do so is this is this what's what's commonly called expanded distribution am i getting this right yeah yeah i think so um and again i think it depends who you are and 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 really what you're trying to achieve from that so if you're if you're an individual property and a property owner listing your one property and, and actually, you decide that you will take over all services of this property and you won't outsource anything to a property management company in that way. Maybe something like a channel management solution isn't always right for you because you're, you're just one person. You're not thinking about distributing hundreds mm-hmm. of properties in one go. But there's still kind of technology solutions out there that will help you to make sure that the inventory is, is, is synced and, and up to date across multiple channels. Um, so... A channel manager is an option if, if that's the way you want to go. We, we actually see a high percentage of professional property management companies, particularly those obviously who have multiple properties. We see a very high percentage of those using a channel management solution to make sure everything's up to date in real time. Um, but if you, if you only have one property uh, and you don't think you need that, then there are solutions like iCal. So most platforms will use an iCal sync to be able to to say that you update on, on, on one calendar and that then pushes updates to, to all other platforms that you're on from there. And, and the important thing there is to make sure that that inventory, because you've only got one unit to sell, the important thing is to make sure that that inventory is updated as quickly and easily as possible. So save you the need to go into 
multiple channel platforms to be able to kind of say you're already rented over a certain period. So iCal is a, is, is a good solution there. Platforms are making it so much easier for you to be able to manage your inventory from your smartphone. So um, previously, years ago, somebody who had one property and they were thinking that they had to then try to manage distribution across multiple platforms would have had to have sat at a desk or maybe on a laptop and gone through in each individual extranet to be able to say I'm rented. You could do that via app services now, uh, just straight from your smartphone, or you can do it via like an iCal solution, which would just automate that process for you. I work a lot with with some some very traditional owners who've been around yeah. for for the last. They say well, I've been I was rent, started renting my property properties in the 1990s, and a lot of them actually have more than one. They've found that this business is um, addictive, and they've continued to buy properties. So it could independent owners with a number of properties that may. And I've I've heard of some who've got you know up to ten or twelve. Right. Um, but they are still managing them themselves, but still talking in these very traditional terms. When you talk about you can manage everything from your iPhone, it, it's quite a dramatic change yep. for them. Um, so what other tips do you have for these people who have been around a long time? And are seeing these changes, you know, we, we said back in the, the mid, well, around about 2006, 2007, oh, my God, change is happening just daily. And now it's beyond comprehension almost how, how quickly changes in this business are happening. How, how can you help some of these owners to, to enable them to adapt and adjust to what's, what's happening? Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I think specifically covering that scenario where you're saying it's an independent owner who has multiple properties we we would see that and we certainly see again those people who are not property management companies but they're independent individual owners with five six up to 12 properties those are the kind of people who are opting for a channel management solution because when i talk about yeah you can easily do it via iCal or or, or your smartphone I mean, that tends to be if you are listing one property, mm-hmm. right? If you've got 12 to keep up and therefore you've got, particularly with global distribution, you've got bookings coming in faster than, than you may have had previously. They're instant bookings, so they're instantly confirmed. Uh, you, you have to keep your inventory up to date as much, as quickly as possible and as real time as possible. So honestly, we tend to find at that point if there's if, if owners have five, six, seven properties, they'll be looking for some kind of channel management tool to be able to help them keep everything up to date and synced. And I think there's some some really interesting or important things to look at when you're making your selection for, for your channel manager. There are lots of channel management options out there. Uh, it's important to do some research well. There are channel managers who will... Uh, very simply support rates and availability updates. So, you know, your, whether your calendar is open or closed, uh, whether your price is changing, and, and, and they'll support those well. And then they'll support reservations kind of sinking back into whatever technology you use to manage your own listings. But and then there are those that do so much more, right? So rates and availability is just one thing. The ability to then update content, if you have your photos that can then easily be published via a channel manager, 
uh, across multiple platforms. If you happen to, again, make a change to uh, your policy, if you happen to make a change to any of your amenities or house rules or anything like that, those kind of stuff can, can be handled instantly by a channel manager solution. And, and that is something that if you are listing multiple properties, we tend to find, uh, again, a high percentage of owners, managers, property management companies who have more than, more than one property are opting for that kind of solution. Even if it's convenient, and if you have one property and it's convenient because it, it works if you have one listing, I think one of the things that becomes interesting is uh, what what do you want to achieve? I mean, it, it, it's working because you're full, but are you really are you really attracting uh, the audience that could help you to optimize mm-hmm. and potentially maximize your revenue at that point? Right. So uh, you you might work with one platform, and that might be you know a locally operated platform or something that you've used in the past, and and it's been successful for you. By expanding out to uh, to just kind of global distribution from there, as an example, we we translate all listings into 42 languages across the world. We market across the world in in in, in those countries. You know, the fact that you can reach a much broader audience, many of those audiences will have different booking patterns, different seasonality, different high seasons. And we talked about the shoulder season for, for you earlier with the July and August and the ability to fill outside of that. That's the kind of thing that expanded distribution can, can help. Mm-hmm. Your, season, your seasons become longer. People have different trends and different travel trends. And people will book with different booking windows in terms of days before arrival. So it might be that you secure bookings way earlier than you you previously have because you're reaching an uh, an audience that's that that has a different booking pattern and it might be that you also then manage to squeeze out a few more weeks of your season because you're now attracting people who want to travel at different times of the year can we talk a little bit about guest preferences because uh, this this is um something that i I see discussed a lot on forums and in groups and it's it's about late booking cancellations cancellation policies and cancellation policies have always been a, a big issue for the for the smaller operator um, particularly those that tend in the past to have booked months in advance so that they cannot see the possibility of allowing a cancellation sort of right up to a couple of days before the vacation commences because where how are they going to fill that slot what do you see as as the positioning of cancellation policies with the smaller operators? Mm, it's, a, it's, it's a very interesting one. I th- again, I think it depends on the market you operate in. I mean, flexibility is, is important, uh, without a doubt. Um, you know, one of the things that really helps you to perform uh, on, on platforms uh, is your conversion. Uh, so the conversion can then drive the placement. And when I talk about conversion, I mean number of people who have seen your listing versus those who go on to make a a reservation. You know, that can influence your placement in future searches. Being able to think about it as, you know, what, what, what's going to be able to drive bookings my way. I is kind of the thought process that you have to go through. If I'm a a host or or an owner, it, it makes sense to me that 
somebody pays me all of my money at the time of booking and then everything's secure and everything's fine, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in reality, that does not make sense to the consumer. So at that point, you're just, there's, there's a mismatch on, on consumer demand to what you're offering. And you need to be able to think about tailoring your offering for that. Obviously, what you said then is there's, there's a risk of, uh, of somebody canceling two days before and you not being able to, to, to refill that. I think there's some middle ground. And I think that, again, depending on the market you, you operate in, and that's why it's really important to get that kind of market level insight. But depending on the market you operate in, there's, there's probably middle ground in there for you to be able to find the right balance that will attract bookings and then you know, we'll, we'll be able to minimize your risk of, of, of cancellation as well. I'll give you a, maybe a couple of examples on there if I can, but um, you know, we, we work with partners who, uh, who have had fairly strict, fairly stringent cancellation policies. So partners in, in Florida, for example, who have uh, offered only non-refundable reservations. And, you know, to them, that was right for them. And, and then we do some work with them. We explain the market trends to them. And we kind of say, actually, you know, why don't you change that a little bit? Why don't we look at doing uh, pay 30 days out or pay 14 days out or pay whatever it is at that point based on the booking window? And, you know, those that are willing to kind of play and adjust accordingly, as I mentioned earlier, do see benefits from that. By making that more flexible, we don't tend to see... A, a big increase in cancellations, but we do tend to see a big increase in bookings. Yes, yes, I, I can, I can appreciate that. And just, I mean, you, you do testing, and I, and I'm assuming that you carry out hundreds of A/B testing scenarios in order to to test all these things. Like, you know, is a 40 day cancellation going to get more conversions than a 30 day cancellation? How does that that um, drive the way you deal with um, with property managers and owners? Yeah, so uh, you, you say hundreds, actually thousands of A/B <laughs> tests that we do every day. <laughs> so you know, very interestingly, if you're if you're uh, if you're uh, as I do quite often, I'm, I'm sitting next to somebody in my office, and I go, "Hey, did you see this on 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 Booking.com?" And the person right next to me doesn't see the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so th those tests are running every single day there's 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 thousands of ab testing scenarios that that take place and you know, to clarify ab testing is basically we will show one one guest or one user one experience and and somebody else something different and when you've got enough traffic coming to see those two variants you learn which one wins over the other right so those testings are are, are taking place all the time our goal at that point then is to provide that kind of information to partners, in this case owners, uh, whether that's a property, a hotel property or a property management company or even an individual owner from there as well. Our goal is to, to, to share that information and, and, and to provide people with true insights into what will help them to optimize their performance. Now, there's a whole load of other stuff that, that, that's in there that you know, is, is required. But, but certainly one of the things we have on the platform is live opportunities. So a owner, a manager can go to uh, the extranet, look up the opportunities. And in that opportunity center, there will be listed a number of opportunities, which we recommend to that property to be able to do to optimize their listing. And it could be, I mean, it could be as simple as Hey, you've told us that you have a swimming pool. 
but you haven't got a photo of a swimming pool in your mm-hmm. gallery, right? So one opportunity there is, hey, we know that if people are looking at photos, they're going to want to see a photo of the pool. So it could be something as simple as that. Super, super simple opportunity, just upload a photo of your swimming pool. It could be perhaps a little more complex, which is, you know, would be something like, hey, we see that you're only open for bookings now until the end of the year. We're at the end of September, so we're at the end of the year. And we already have demand going all the way through to next summer. So you should look to extend your calendars out next year to, to be able to, to capture some of that demand. So that could be you know, a little more complex because now you've got to think about getting getting your... Or then it could be other things like, okay, so we've seen you work well with your guest reviews and your and guests are saying good things about the property. And, and, and according to the way you're performing there's an opportunity for you to kind of come into our preferred program, which at that point would kind of secure you more viewings and more people looking at you. So that opportunity center will, will give you all of those opportunities that we see at any one time that you can do to improve and optimize your performance. Okay. So plenty of help out there for people. So, so Ian, what, what do you think the future holds for the industry? Going back to to when I first started, sort of in nineteen ninety five, I think the future was holding. You know, maybe we'll, maybe, one day we won't have to use um, classified ads in the local newspapers, <laughs> <laughs> and signs on the lawn. <laughs> but what what about now? You know, with with the constant change, can can you see into the future and see what uh, what you know what what's on the horizon? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's interesting. I think as I, I mentioned earlier in terms, of, in terms of the growth potential here, it has a really bright future. I mean, I think I, I mentioned that the non-hotel accommodations are growing faster than, than hotel accommodations in terms of bookings. Uh, we mentioned the, you know, the, the, the use of technology and the advances of technology that's coming in to be able to help people manage uh, listings on the go and 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 kind of de- regardless of how big that portfolio is whether it's one or a hundred there is there are, there are technology solutions to be able to to make life easier i think there's a few things that kind of coming our way and one of them is 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 here already and 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 that for me is is around instant messaging um i think that again you talk but you talk back to the times when you put in classified ads or signs on the lawn and i think if we go back you know, 10, 15 years, for a guest to communicate with a host uh, or vice versa uh, was was problematic. And, you know, obviously email helped that. But even with email, that, that led to a point where there's delays in communication. And uh, I think one of the things that we have, particularly from the vacation rental world, there's a huge opportunity for, for instant messaging. Guest has a question, guest messages that come straight through to whether you use a, a property management system or whether you use a, a smartphone to be able to do it. But to be able to do that kind of chat functionality is with us right now. And, and, and people who are able to respond uh, quickly to that uh, you know, are, are providing that kind of service level that the guests want. Interestingly, so much of that can also be automated. So it may well be, and we have this already, that uh, we, we've invested a lot in AI, we've invested a lot in machine learning uh, to basically be able to say, hey, we can answer some of these chats for you uh, if we already know the data. So mm-hmm. 
if somebody's saying, hey, uh, at what time do I check in or can I bring my pet or, you know, those kind of questions, if we have those listed already uh, and we know the rules of the property, uh, just by saying, yes, go ahead and do that for, for, for the lister, we can basically read that chat uh, via uh, machine learning, obviously not not human handling, but we can read that chat, and then the bots can just respond back with uh, with with all the details that they need to know. So the guest can be responded to within a minute, like very very instantly. If they're asking something a little more complex that we we can't read and do that, then then we send that message straight to the property manager. And again, whether that's via an app or straight down into in, 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 into our extranet or into uh, whatever system they're using at that point. But the important thing there really is 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 to be able to provide that personal service and fast because that's what people are expecting i think for kind of further into the future i still think that technology is going to disrupt us continue to disrupt us and i think it has disrupted us and been the single biggest disruptor for us in the last few decades i mean i think again people are looking at their smartphones they've got the resources they need uh they nowadays like literally in, in in minutes you can book a flight you can find some place some place to stay you can rent a car you need to book a restaurant at a local table you can kind of do it all instantly and very fast and um and that's driving more of a desire for experiential travel uh we talked about the need to feel at home uh i think i think there's a huge amount of opportunity for owners and managers to to benefit from this um yeah. I, I, again, we mentioned uh, the the ability to be able to kind of respond through technology, but I think what you've got from there is how do you deliver this personal service that the guest has told us that they want to have, uh, and how do you do it when you're competing with potentially competing with a concierge in in a hotel who's available twenty four seven and you know, I think one of the things we're seeing there is the the emergence of smart home technology. Uh, you know, people being able to look at how can I leverage what Amazon's Alexa is doing. How can I how can I give and load onto Alexa information about local areas and Wi-Fi codes and checkout arrangements and everything else without the owner or the manager having to physically be there? How do I use technology to provide? Uh, a, a really good service that makes the guests still feel like this is a personalized service mm-hmm. and I'm feeling at home. To me, as a property manager, it, it, it's exciting. It's the, the, the options, the opportunities are, are enormous. And, uh, you know, this is what's coming. I can't wait to introduce some of these things to our very, very traditional market and see how they take <laughs> it. <laughs> to, to me, that's, that's the, the other point. I mean, a lot of stuff we've talked about today can, can be very daunting, right? It's exciting. But it's also daunting if, if, if you're managing a handful of properties and, and that kind of ability to stay nimble and change is, is, is a struggle for you potentially. And I think, you know, again, part of that is from the booking side, at least from here, um, we're, we're looking at how do we support partners in this and how do we make sure that we educate partners in a way that, that they can kind of understand them where needed. Some might need handholding. How do we handhold them through it? Others might not need handholding at all. And so how do we, how do we kind of self-serve so that we can give them the ability to get the information that they need 
without us being on top of them at that point, right? So I think uh, I think part of it for us is it is exciting. It's also potentially daunting. Uh, but please, I think you know one thing we would say is 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 reach out for support because there are people out there in our industry, including the platforms that you work with, who are there to support you and help you along the way. Well, that's a good segue into my my last question, really, which is, um, you know, what other resources would you recommend to listeners to help them out? Gives you your uh, your opportunity to have a to have a, a, a bit of a talk about Booking dot com and let people know what you actually do. Sure, uh, and and actually, interestingly, there's more coming, and I think uh, really the ethos of Booking is 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 to learn and to continue learning and to continue adapting. So. You know, it's interesting that you, again, you said earlier in, in this conversation that people traditionally thought Booking.com was for hotels and wasn't the right platform for them. And, you know, we, we've made alternative accommodations work for, for many, many years. And we've had a much bigger focus on homes and apartments in the last three years. But we, we also had homes and apartments on our on our site for, for 10, 15 years already. So um, what, what, we, what we find from there um, is the need to continue to adapt and the need to listen. And uh, that's really part of what our focus is uh, as, 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 as we go forward in the next couple of years is really about listening to our partners, giving them the information they need to make their business work, but understanding what does business, what does making my business work mean to them? Uh, and again, whether that's somebody who is, saying, well, I'm going on vacation. I'm just going to let my place for a couple of weeks while I'm on vacation. Or it's somebody saying, this is my small business. Or it's somebody saying, this is my large business and I have thousands of properties. You, you've got a, a whole range of people who are opting to list on, on booking. And part of that listening is how do we, how do we make our resources and our tooling uh, the, the right level of tooling to be able to meet the needs of that wide range of, of, of hosts? Um, so, uh, that's, that's part of it. You, if I think back three years, you know, one of the things that would have come up three years ago is you're not really able to adjust your product to deal with people who have five or six properties. Uh, so, you know, it's something that's been worked on. Uh, it's certainly something that we've enhanced through AB testing all the way through and through learning. And, and our dedication and commitment on there is, again, to listen to partners and to adjust our tooling accordingly, uh, and then to provide them with all of the information that they need in whatever format they need to get that in. Again, whether that's just going, being able to log into their extranet, independently look at their opportunity center, independently opt into the opportunities we're showing them, independently look through the analytics tools to be able to say, okay, you're getting a large number of people searching from Germany. How do I adopt, how do I adapt my business and my, my, my kind of booking rules around to be able to, to, to maximize that experience. Some people are very, very comfortable doing that independently. Some people then think, okay, well, I've looked at it. I, I still need a bit more help, but I don't want to go and have face-to-face -face meetings or calls with people. Uh, so I'm just going to go to uh, the forum of other listers and, you know, go to partnerhelp.booking.com and start looking at what's going on from there. Uh, or thirdly, it could be that you say, you know, I, I would really like some more insight into this and I'm going to reach out to my local account manager who is based locally to me. Uh, and that, that partner manager from there will be able to uh, you know, provide that kind of insight.
that's really useful. And I'll make sure there's a link on the show notes to partnerhelp.booking.com because there's, there's you know, for, for anybody who's who's thinking that this might be a solution for them, you know, definitely go to that link, take a look. There's a lot of information on there that um, that that can help in your decision making process. And I'm sure plenty of people around to uh, respond to questions, right, Ian? Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Um, you too. Thank not you. not not only because you know occasionally it's just really nice to talk to another Brit. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> even, even if you're, you're living full-time in New York and I'm living full-time in Canada. Um, I tell myself I haven't lost the accent, so that's, that's at least good after eight years. Well, enjoy your uh, final days in Amsterdam. Have a great trip back to New York, and uh, hopefully I'll, you know, maybe I'll catch up with you at, uh, at a conference near us sometime soon. Hopefully, yes. Sounds good. it's always a huge pleasure to talk to a fellow Brit. Interesting, you know, I've, I've seen the evolution of Booking.com over the last uh, five, six years. And I was one back there who said, well, it's just hotels and they're really not, they're really not catering to, to our space. And I've been very unsure in, in the past. And I think um, a lot of other people who've, who've had that, that similar thought but I can see the changes now and they, they really are. They're focusing on vacation rentals and I'm making it um, a lot easier to list with them. And I think it definitely worth taking, uh, taking a look. I'm going to be using them when I launch my new vacation rental. So you'll see that journey if you're following me as, as I grow. Arrowheadcottage.com, which is my new website, uh, I'll be talking over time about about my expanded distribution for that because I am not going to be listing on just one site. I will be putting it on Airbnb. I will be putting it on Booking.com and other platforms as well as doing direct booking through my own website. So so watch out for that. But it was a, a truly delight to talk to Ian. I'll be meeting up with him Las Vegas for the VRMA international conference so if you're going to be there um you know i'm putting a shout out now let me know if you're going to be there so we can maybe arrange a meetup at that time so that's it for another week it's always great to be uh, be talking with you and uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming up so stay tuned this episode of vacation rental success is over but don't worry heather will be back soon Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.